to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and uh, we are quickly moving into the end of the year here. A couple more weeks of December left. And um, I want to say thank you once again for tuning in this week. Either either if you're a brand new listener or if you are uh, somebody who comes every week, I appreciate you and I'm so grateful that you show up. And so moving into the end of the year, you know, I feel that growing your email list is critical to your business success. And so I wanted to get you started on the right foot for the new year because I know each and every one of you I know each and every one of you is going to take growing your email list super serious at the beginning of next year. So I wanted to equip you with some great tools to help you get started in growing your email list because tools, just like any job, if you have the right tools, it makes the job easier. And we want to make this as easy and as, um, give you the ability to maintain consistency as easily as possible. So I have put together a bunch of my favorite tools, tools that I've used, tools that I still use, tools that I've used in the past that I still really like. Um, And I wanted to share those with you. And then as we go along, I'm going to um, kind of reshare the process of what it looks like to grow your email list. So If you're like many people, you may have an email list that has um, not very many people on it, or maybe you have an email list that is stagnant, that you have added a bunch of people that you've met, but then you never really did anything with it. You haven't consistently sent them an email. Maybe you just met them somewhere and you added them to your list, um, but you haven't really taken the road of email marketing very seriously. And that's okay, don't judge yourself for that because everybody has to start somewhere. But um, I can tell you from my own experience because I have spent the last year, around the last, I think it may have been a little over a year, um, consistently emailing my list every week. And uh, it has been very fortuitous for me because those are people now that I have a connection with that I have um, I can go and get information from when I want to research new ideas Um, and it's also taught me a lot about what to do and what not to do a lot of times when we're starting email we think we have to be perfect and I want to let you know that you do not have to be perfect in fact I want you to look at it as a ground of experimentation because you don't know what's going to work until you try it and if you don't try it you'll never know Um, But the one thing that I can guarantee you that will work is that if you are consistent about emailing your list on a regular basis, they are more likely to turn into customers quicker and give you um, information around questions that you may have about what direction to move in next, um, what to offer next, what's working, what's not working. And the biggest, um, what what should I I don't, the biggest, Um, treasure that you could get in your business, which is what are they really struggling with? Because the minute you can solve that big struggle, the minute that they're going to whip out their checkbook. So to get you started, I'm going to walk you, start walking you through the process. So the first thing you want to be adding to your agenda in the new year is to start creating content. Because when you have content created on a regular basis, 
And when, when I say regular, I recommend weekly. I know there are some people that create content on a monthly basis, but I think for search um, purposes and for staying in front of your audience, um, try to create something weekly. And I'm not gonna dig a whole lot into the different types of content that you can create, because I'm gonna go into that in a future episode. But um, whatever you decide to do, as far as if you want to do a weekly video or if you want to do a weekly blog post or you want to do a podcast like this, something that's providing value is going to enable you to share that in other capacities. So um, getting on the content train, as I would say, and making sure that it's really good, valuable content, because you don't just want to throw something out there just to have something out there. Um, it's a very competitive marketplace, especially on the internet. And so you want to take a look at what is happening um, in your marketplace, what people are struggling with, and what can you add to the conversation? What different perspective can you bring? And what can you give um, your audience that they're looking for that they possibly don't even know they're looking for? And providing that on a weekly basis enables you to get in front of them, stay in front of them, and also engage with them, which is really, really important because a lot of times we're talking to ourselves, basically. We're creating a piece of content and then we don't create a conversation around it. And so we're not engaging, which means they're not paying attention. They're not opening our emails. They're not looking at our content. And then it gets to be a very frustrating, overwhelming mess. Um, so when you're creating that content, I want you to ask three specific questions before you create it. And I recommend creating a content calendar. If you can do 30 days or, you know, sit down and brainstorm 30 ideas, that's over half the year for you if you are creating content once a week. Um, and so I'm going to use an example in just a second of a client of mine who owns a craft um, store because she is, um, she has the propensity to have so many different types of content. Um, but first, I wanna give you those three questions. So the first question is, is what exactly are you gonna create? Meaning what type of content are you gonna create? Are you, are you comfortable in front of the camera? Do you wanna do video? Do you wanna do a podcast where you're recording? Um, what What is it you wanna commit to and create? And I would love for you to come over to the Facebook page and tell me what you're gonna to commit to because I think it's really um, helpful to be have be held accountable by other people. And when you put it out there, um, there's kind of like this, I don't know, more tangibility to it. And so um, I am going to commit in 2020 to doing a weekly video to go along with this podcast, because I think a lot of the things that I should talk about on this podcast um, need to be visually absorbed. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a word. My words are not coming to me. It is Friday today when I'm recording this. So <laughs> I think my brain is fried this week. Um, but I'm committing to do a weekly video to, to, um, go along with and to support the podcast so that some of the things that are very visual, you guys can actually see as we walk through and you'll be able to find those over on the Facebook page, which I will link to in the show notes, but it's Alisa M is in Mary Connor. Um, just facebook.com forward slash Elisa M. Connor. And you can find me over there and um, you're going to be seeing a lot more happening on that page. Also, um, the next question you wanna ask yourself is how often do you wanna commit to creating that content? I recommend every week. Sometimes that can be overwhelming to people that are like, I have my whole business, but I want you to get in the thought process of 
you're going to be providing value. And what if you could do it so that you are batching that content in advance? So let's just say you're going to do a video and your video is going to be 10 minutes. Well, if you sat down for an hour once um, a week or once a month, you would have five videos created if they're 10 minutes a piece. Um, of course, there's some planning time in there. So you probably need to add maybe two hours. But if you dedicated two hours a month, you would have over a month's worth of content already created. You could just sit down, record all the videos, have them ready, and then push them out um, every week. And what's nice about that is that once you've batched your content and you've created it, um, it's off your plate, but also you can use, it helps you organize your marketing because then you know what to talk about because you've already created a video about it. You know what to talk about on your social stream. You know what to talk about in your emails and everything should be pointing in the same direction and be cohesive. When you do that, the other thing I want you to consider is um, before you go out and create this content is what does your audience really want? Because the worst thing you can do is go out and spend a lot of time and energy planning and creating content around a topic that nobody has any interest in. And trust me, from experience, I have done it. It stinks. Um, so doing a little initial research and figuring out what people want to hear and what they want to learn is well worth the effort when you can hit it spot on for your target market and um end up having a conversation with them about something that they are always thinking about. In addition to that, um, when you're choosing that platform, make sure it's a platform that they actually engage on. So if you're creating a podcast and you own a restaurant and people want to see you make food, a podcast is probably not the best decision for you because your business is very visual. They want to watch you make a recipe. That's why most chefs are on YouTube because and you have these huge YouTube channels. My um, oldest son is, he is kind of hilarious in this way that he has definitely has different chefs that he follows on YouTube. He is his mother's child 100%. Um, but he'll, he's like, I don't, pay attention to them if they're not on YouTube. He doesn't watch the Food Network. He doesn't read blogs. He doesn't read food blogs. He doesn't look up recipes. He watches YouTube. And so if you have an audience that is younger and you, for, for example, have a local restaurant and you're wanting to reach that younger audience, you had better figure out how to get in front of them on the platforms they are on. And putting out a blog post every week on your website is not going to do anything to engage them when they aren't spending time there reading it. So um, think about, you know, where they are, how they want to be engaged with, and also what they want to learn. Those things will keep you on the um, up the straight and narrow and keep people engaged and interested in what you're talking about. So the next step of this, so you've got your content is you've got to create some buzz around it. You have to let people know. I know, um, I have had this experience and many people that I know have this experience are like, oh, I've created an amazing blog post. And I'm like, great, how many people have seen it? And they're like, no one. And they're so sad. And I'm like, that's because you didn't tell anybody about it. And um, I have had that same experience. And I know that sometimes you get caught up. There's a lot of different components to this process, which is why I'm recommending that you not only repurpose your content to all your other marketing, but also to batch because it's going to save you time in the long run. And it, it's a matter of getting in the habit and planning it out into your calendar. Um, and doing that and staying consistent 
is is going to help you to to get to the other components that are really going to take things to the next level, which is one of them is promoting your content. Because if you write all this content and you create it all and then you never tell anyone about it or you're not telling them in the right place, no one's going to see it. And then that's frustrating because you've spent time and energy on it and you're really excited about it and then no one sees it. Um, so I wanted to give you some recommendations around how to start um, promoting that content. And the first three are around social media. Now I know a lot of people, um, they're like, oh, I don't have time to, to post on all the social media platforms. So because they're all so different, I am going to recommend that you choose one. And then when you're really, really good at that platform and you know that's where your people hang out, if you wanna add another one, do that but really start to build an audience on just one platform. So if we're going back to our restaurant, that platform in my expert opinion would be to get on YouTube because you have a lot of um, ability to reach who you want, when you want and start to build that channel. And so um, a lot, it's interesting to me that a lot of restaurants aren't on YouTube. They choose to be over on Instagram, but which, you know, could, it could very well be a great platform for you, but depending on what you want people to come in for, you want to be able to create uh, a very engaged um, experience. So they're, they're emotionally invested when they walk in the door, they're excited to have that experience with you. And then they come back. And so, yes, you could do that on Instagram as well. You do it with Instagram stories, but at some point you probably want to add in a little bit of video, but I'm recommending that you choose one platform that you really like and where your people are. And then if you want to push it out to other platforms, I wanted to give you some tools to, to enable you to do that. The first one is I use buffer app to push out my, um, podcast episodes to multiple platforms. Um, and it auto posts it for me. So I can go in and I can batch two or three episodes and, or, you know, or more, usually it's three and then my voice gives out, but sometimes I'll book two days in a row and I'll get six done. Um, but you can use buffer app or Hootsuite or, um, the other one that I have, um, heard great things about is Agora Pulse, which is something on my to-do list is to go check that out. But I have several people that have re re recommended that and I'll stick the links for those in the show notes, but those will all help you schedule your social media posts. Um, and then there's another one that is not coming into my head. I will, um, I want to say it's, it's not Emma. There's another one that actually recycles your posts and puts them back through um, your social media calendar so that you can create engagement over older content and bring, you know, bring it back to life a little bit. And um, that, and it just came into my head. It's Meet Edgar. Um, it is a, it has a little bit higher entry point than some of the other ones, but it's also, it does some great things. And then there are also um, some other app specific um, scheduling tools that you can use. One of them that comes to mind is Later, and that that's really catered towards uh, Instagram and scheduling Instagram stories. And, and you know, as social media platforms evolve, these social media scheduling tools also evolve. So you'll probably just want to go in and check and see which ones are going to meet your needs. Another one that I have used that I really, really liked was CoSchedule. Um, and then there is a, the, the last one that I have had recommendations for that I have not used, but that I, um, 
hear really great things about is Sprout Social. Um, so I'll make sure that I link to all of those in the um, show notes, but uh, check out a social media scheduler and see which one is gonna work for you. That'll help you schedule your posts and also um, help you just kind of get ahead of the curve and stay organized as you're going. Because if you can go in and ideally schedule posts for a month ahead of time, um, then you're only having to hop in there and maybe add to a story or, you know, you always want to add something that's a little bit more timely into those more live environments. So like Facebook stories or um, Instagram stories are the two that come to mind. And you can schedule those ahead of time, but you just want to be careful that it doesn't appear scheduled, if that makes sense. So, um, but try to take some of that off of your plate on a, so you're not having to chase and do that every single day. You can do it ahead of time and it helps you get organized, helps you plan. And as you can see, there's a theme running through this um, for creating this, you know, this growing your email list um, is that you're also planning everything out so that you're ready to just hit it and go. Um, and so how does the social aspect tie back to growing your email list? Well, the more people you get your content in front of, the more you can present the opportunity for them to stay connected to you. And so you want to be able to put all of that out onto social so that um, not only will your audience see it, but that they share it with their friends, which brings me to my next tools, which are social sharing options. And I am specific to WordPress um, because I build in WordPress. So the, the um, recommendations I'm going to give you in the tool area are going to be for WordPress. If you use a different platform like Squarespace or Wix, you will have to look at those and see what they offer for social sharing. So what does social sharing look, look like? Let's say that you create a podcast episode and then you have um, some show notes. Well, at the bottom in an ideal world, you also have social sharing buttons for Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all the areas you want to share um, your audience to share that so that they will click on that and share it with their audience. So you see this often with um, people in the Facebook newsfeed, they'll see something that they really like and it's hard to know where they originally saw that piece of content, but ideally if they're on your website and you give them the ability to share what your content piece is about with their friends, family, coworkers, whoever, right from that area, they were more likely to do it. Um, it goes back to the philosophy of the less clicks you have to make them jump through or take, the more likely they are to take the action. So in order to add social sharing directly to your WordPress site, I have two recommendations. One is Monarch, and it is part of the Elegant Themes um, suite of products. So if you listen to the WordPress episode that I did a few weeks ago about how to create your WordPress um, website, you will know that I talked about Elegant Themes. They are also the creator of Divi. And so I will link to that in the show notes, which you can also find that under tools that I love on my website. Um, and then the other one that I am investigating and looking at is called Social Snap. And the entry point for that is $39 flat fee for just to get in. And then it's $99 for all the bells and whistles. And they have some cool features in there um, that enable you to not only share, but to get some really specific analytics about people that are sharing your content and, um, Anyway, so it's it's another one I recommend and I will again link to those in the show notes. 
So you've shared the content, you've put it out there on the on the internet, and that would be step two. So now there's a call to action, both on your content and in your social posts, driving them to the next step to working with you. And a lot of people forget to add this in. They just share their content and they're like, okay, see you later. But if you're not continuing them down the sales funnel path, they just won't go. And then you're gonna be standing there going, I have no business. And then you're so sad. And I don't want you to be sad. I want you to have lots of business. Um, And I need to, I promised you that I was gonna talk about under content, um, an example for Liz. So I'll go back um, to that towards the end of the episode because I wanna keep going and um, keeping you um, on path. And then I'll walk through an example. Um, so the next place you want to send them is to a landing page of some sort. So let's use, for example, um, actually I'll go back now. Um, we're going to use my friend Liz who owns the craft box. She has, um, craft supplies for any number of crafts. So let's say there's knitting, there's scrapbooking, there's quilting, there's sewing, there's, um, Oh my gosh, miscellaneous crafts. There's uh, wire, what do they call it? Wire wrapping for jewelry. So if she just chose one of those topics to focus on for say a quarter, let's say she had an overabundant supply of fabric and she needs, she wanted to really target quilters. Well, she could create content, you know, maybe 12 pieces of content around quilting and she could go, um, you know, through like the history of quilting and the revival of quilting, um, how to quilt on a dime. Like there's all these, are, these are just ideas that are literally popping into my head, but she creates all this content and then she puts it onto social media using one of the tools that we talked about. And then maybe she hops on a Facebook live once a week and she pulls out all the fabric that she has in the store for a particular quilt. And she puts together, like she could walk through the store and put together five or six different um, quilt pieces, pieces of quilt fabric that would coordinate that you could make a quilt and then she could show a pattern of what they could make with those pieces of fabric. People would love that because they, a lot of people can't put those pieces together. And then she, her call to action is come into the store and we will help you plan your first quilt. And so there's her call to action. She shares that on social media. She drives people back to the post that she created and then also gives them a call to action to do the next step, which is if you want help create, you know, creating your next quilt, um, come into the store. We'll help you pick out the fabric and get you started. And then you can go back to this post and you can learn like all the steps of how to get, how to actually put that together. Um, so, but in between there, maybe they're not ready to come in the store. So maybe she makes a guide that is the top 10, um, tools that you need to get started in quilting. And she creates a PDF download and then she explains what each of those tools would be used for. So let's say you have a cutting mat, you have a ruler, you have a rotary cutter, um, you have, Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head of different things you might have. Um, Well, we'll just go with that. So she, but she could create an entire list of things that people would need. And then they could print that out and take it into the store and be like, okay, I need all of these things because I want to make my first quilt. And if they went to her store, because she has a um, thrift store for craft supplies, they could get it at a fraction of a cost. So maybe she sticks a coupon in there at the very bottom for 10% off of their first purchase. Um, So that 
to gather that free resource about how to create your own, own quilt, she would have a landing page and she would kind of go into detail about what they're gonna get with when they give their name and email address um, in the resource and what it's going to help them to do. So the problem is, is you could be very overwhelmed. You don't know what tools to use. You don't know how to get started no problem, we've created this resource. It's gonna walk you through all of those different things. Um, put in your name and email address and we'll send it right over to you. And then the next call to action is in that document, which is another place people don't put a call to action, is the coupon, getting inciting them to come into the store to purchase what's on the list. Um, so that's a simple example. So what we're talking about is your landing page. Now, a landing page and a form a landing page is a single page that you're just sending people to um, to take one specific action, which is to get on your mailing list, um, your email list of some sort. And the purpose of a landing page is to really just give them the direction to do that one thing. If you have a bunch of other things on there, they're not gonna take action because there's too many distractions. On that landing page lives your opt-in form. Now you have also have the option to just add an opt-in form to another page on your website. The disadvantage of that is that you're not making it crystal clear what they're moving in toward. Um, but the advantage is, is that you can actually plug that in anywhere. So let's use an example. So when I do a free training on, um, you know, maybe growing your email list or the five day challenge that I run, I create that, um, opt-in form and put it at the end of every post where my show notes are. And so people can see it at the bottom and they they will know because they've heard about it throughout the episode that I'm running that freebie and they can go in and sign up. So that would be an example of using that opt-in form without a landing page. So depending on how you're wanting them to take action and what you're wanting them to do, um, will depend on whether you set one of those up or both of them. But I wanted to give you some tools to create that. So landing pages you can actually create right on your website. Um, there are also in most email service providers, I recommend, as you as you know, I recommend ConvertKit regularly. That's what I use. It's a reasonable entry point. Um, but there are some others that you can use. I know MailChimp does it. I'm not a fan of MailChimp. I talked about that in another episode. I can't remember exactly which episode I went through all the different email service providers, but I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but Drip is another one I really like. Active Campaign, I really like. Some of those are getting a little bit more technical for people that struggle with technology. Um, you may just wanna start with ConvertKit, but they all offer you the ability to create a landing page right in your email service provider account. So it would actually, you could link directly to the landing page you create over there. That's a quick, easy, dirty way to do it. Um, however, it's not driving them to your website, which the advantage of putting them over on your website is that then they may see something else that piques their interest and they will start clicking on other pages and getting to know you better and um, start building that relationship. So I will let you choose what works best for you, but um, landing pages are a must. And then I've got some tools that I'm going to recommend for the form, which is the next piece. So on that page lives your form where they're gonna enter their name and email address. And they're some of my favorite tools for that particular um, component 
also have landing pages. And so um, the one that I recommend most often is lead pages. It makes it very easy for you to create a landing page. It's drag and drop. You connect it to your email service provider um, and you you can customize your link depending on what part, uh, what plan you, I, I'm pretty sure on all their paid plans, they have the ability to customize that link. And so lead pages is a great option if you don't um, wanna mess with your website and um they give you great analytics you they have a lot of features i don't really want to overwhelm you with the features but i just want to give you the option to investigate them so lead pages i think they just lowered their pricing which i thought was really awesome um it used to be 37 dollars a month but now i think it's 25 for the lowest point um but yeah great packaging great options and it's a great place to get started if you don't if you want to step up from your email service provider but you don't want to mess with your website coding uh the other one that i have used in the past which also works great but you do need to plug it into your website is opt-in monster and they have some great features that enable you to create forms that um have specific functions. So for example, you've, you probably have seen when people um, have an opt-in form and as you go to exit the site, it will pop up saying, hey, don't leave yet. Um, that is called exit intent and it will only show up if they move their cursor to close to the close um, option of that window. And so um, Optin Monster definitely has that. And then they have a lot of other features too. I don't have their current pricing in front of me, but um, it's very reasonable for somebody that's getting started with growing their list. So check out Optin Monster, check out lead pages. And then um, last but not least, you could always use the, the forms and the landing pages available in your email service provider. If you don't have an email service provider, please, 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 for all things that are holy, go get one. Um, ConvertKit, I think, is, uh, I don't know what their current pricing is. I don't want to tell you wrong, but it's somewhere between $20 and $30 a month. Um, and they're my favorite. I will probably be doing additional videos on ConvertKit, how to get in there and set things up. Um, coming up in my upcoming membership course that's coming up in January. So if you want to know more about that, you can go get on the wait list and you'll be the first to know. Um, AliceConnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. And that SMS stands for Simple Marketing System. And I am going to be creating a membership for all of you to um, basically start marketing your business. So look forward to that. If you are interested in at all in that, head on over to the to my website and get on the wait list and you'll be the first to know when uh, the launch starts. So again, alisaconnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. Moving right along, um, after they have submitted that form, one, you wanna make sure that you deliver the item to them, but two, you wanna make sure that you are connecting with them. You're start, you wanna, it's like a friendship. You know, you don't just go out and meet somebody and say, hey, let's uh, connect later and go out for coffee and then set a coffee date and then you don't show up. That would be terrible. You would hate that. That person would not wanna ever schedule anything with you again. Um, so you don't wanna do that with your email people either. Like, hey, here's your stuff, see you later. You wanna keep that connection going. And so I wanted to give you a couple of tools to personalize that connection. Um, and two that I use consistently. One is called BombBomb, just like a bomb, B-O-M-B, 
twice. So bomb bomb. And you can actually create personalized videos for your audience. So if you have a small enough list and as you add people, you could actually create a little quick video and say, Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. This is something that comes up, blah, 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 whatever you want to do. And you can create a link and stick that in your email and it will send them a video. Um, the other one is loom and I do a lot of loom videos. It's like a, like a loom, like you're a weaving loom. So L O O M. And, um, I use this a lot for tutorials for people. In fact, I just used it the other day for the band because we have a program that we use that was sending all of the, um, pertinent emails into the spam folder. And so I had to share with them how to pull that out, add those people to um, their contact list so that they would not go into the spam folder. And purposely for me, trying to avoid having to answer a lot of emails later. So um, Loom is another one that enables you to create a quick video. They have a free plan. I think you get to try the free plan for like four months. It's like super long. And then um, they have a paid version after that. So I don't know their paid version pricing um, off the top of my head, but I'll link to it in the show notes and you can go check it out. But those are two options for you to send quick little videos to let people know that you're thinking about them and to engage. And a great way to engage is to ask them questions. And then of course you wanna consistently email them on a regular basis. And when I say consistent, you have to choose what that is for you. I recommend weekly. I don't know about you, but every morning when I wake up, I have between 40 and 50 new emails just from overnight. And so if you are only emailing your list once a month and um, they don't hear from you, they're gonna forget who you are, what you do, and they're not, when they get an email, they're just gonna delete it. So if you can stay in front of them, stay pertinent and stay relevant, you're more likely to get them to either return and be another customer or come in and be a customer or um, sign up for one of your programs, depending on what you're doing. And then um, the last piece of this puzzle is that you want to analyze what is and what isn't working. And I find that most people never do this. They either don't get started with email um, or they get started and they just keep doing the same old, same old and don't stop to go, oh, this is working or this isn't working or, you know, this many people have unsubscribed. They don't even know if people have unsubscribed or if they're even opening or looking at their emails or clicking on anything. Um, so there are definitely some email analyzation tools that you can look at. Um, and the best ones usually live right in your email service providers software. Um, ConvertKit does, it's kind of incredible how, how well they can track everything. Um, but just go in and get familiar with the analytics that lives in your, in your email service provider. Um, because it will tell you things like how many people opened it, how many people um, clicked on it, how many people unsubscribed, how many people clicked on a link, how many people, um, you know, opened one one headline versus another. There's There's just all kinds of different analytics in there that give you lots and lots of data that will help you to create better content and better emails in the future which is really what you want. You want people to, to open those. So in episode 30 of this podcast, I go and took a deep dive into keeping your email out of the spam folder. And then right around there, like 32 or 33 or 34, there's also one about um, writing great headlines for your email. So I will link to those in the show notes as well. Um, 
But those were really great episodes for you to go in and check out, you know, how to really get your email started and opened and get um, people to read them. So again, episode 30 through like 34, and I will link to those in the show notes so you have them. But another one, another um, option that I ran across when I was doing some research for this episode um, that will help you analyze your emails and see what's working and what's not working is called cake mail. I was looking for the name of it, cake mail. And I was like, it's kind of an interesting name, but cake as in like chocolate cake and then mail, M-A-I-L. And they uh, enable you to go look at your, you know, all of the different statistics for your email, but then they also have something called spam assassin, which keeps your email even more likely out of the spam folder, which is really important because if somebody signs up for your list and then they never see your email, then you're sad because you can't you can't really reach out to them because it's going to spam. Um, so, and that is around $8 a month. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Um, you can always start with, you know, looking at what you have going on and then add tools as you need them. That's what I've got for you today. That's a whole lot of tools. I hope it wasn't too overwhelming. Um, they will all be linked to the episode show notes, which is alisaconnor.com forward slash 66, because this is episode 66. Holy cow. Uh, moving right through the year. In the meantime, I hope you will uh, take the challenge and come tell me, you know, what your schedule is going to be for growing your email list next year over on the Facebook page, alisaconnor.com. Oh, that's not correct. It's facebook.com forward slash Alisa M. Connor. You can get it, get to it from my website too. I have a little um, Facebook link at the bottom of my, of my homepage. Um, but come over and tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you learned from this lesson. And again, if you need some help just setting up your marketing into 2020 and you don't know where to start, think about getting on that wait list for my simple marketing system program, which is going to be launched in January. You can find that at alisaconnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. And I will look forward to listening to you or listening. I will look forward to listening to you on Facebook and talking to you next week, where we are going to be jumping into planning your 2020 success now. Um, Because if you can start planning it now, and uh, getting it solidified, then when the new year hits, you can jump in and get to it. In the meantime, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you soon. Take care. Hey there, Elisa here. I wanted to thank you for a minute for tuning in every week, and I'm hoping that you're listening and learning and getting everything you can out of this podcast. But I'm wondering, do you listen every week and you learn something new and then you just go on about your day and never implement or execute? If you do, if that's you, you're not alone. You're like most typical business owners. You don't have time to figure out this marketing stuff on your own, which is why I'm creating the Simple Marketing System Program to walk you through everything we talk about in this podcast and hold your hand as you go along. People pay thousands of dollars to work with me on a one-on-one basis, but I wanted to be able to offer this to everyone at a price that is amenable to everyone's budget. Since you're a podcast listener, you're getting to hear about this program first. I'm launching it in January, and I'm gonna teach you all the things that we learned in this podcast, including how to attract the people you want to work with, not just everyone how to create your first free download with messaging that converts people into your email list and then into customers. We're going to create we're going to learn how to write headlines that incite people to create to take action and move those people along your sales funnel so that they start working with you and paying you for what you do. 
We're going to create a system to track what's working and what's not so you can fix what's not working. We're going to automate your marketing process and your customer attraction process so that you can save time, money, and most of all, frustration. We're also going to understand the power of and the ROI of email marketing, and we're going to begin growing your email list because it is the best way to grow your business. And last but not least, we're going to sh- I'm going to show you how to get more customers for your marketing dollars and save you time, money, and get you more leads and more sales. If this sounds interesting to you, I'd love to have you join my waitlist. You can do that over at alisaconnor.com forward slash SMS waitlist. SMS stands for Simple Marketing System. And I'll put the link in the show notes. I hope to see you inside. 